0: Welcome to the Offshore Accountant Podcast. I'm Nick Sinclair and this is the go-to podcast if you're an accountant and looking to set up and build a high-performing offshore team for your accounting firm. Here you can learn how to complement your local efforts, grow capacity and deliver more to clients than ever before. Hear from experts who have done it already. Let's go.
1: I'm Jane Pollard from Catalyst Accounting and Tax, and you're listening to the Offshore Accountant Podcast.
0: Jane, give us an overview of your team structure, both locally, the number of team members, the roles, um, how long um, has your offshore team been with you, and just a little bit of a summary about your business, because you are in um, regional Queensland or parts of regional Queensland in Australia, so tell us a little bit more about your team and your business.
1: Excellent. Well, we have been in business eight years and I have now four staff. So I include our TOA staff member as a staff member. So we have two admin bookkeepers in our Warwick office and we have uh, my longest term employee now lives near Cairns and she works remotely with us. So she's been with me for about five years. And a year ago, we started our accountant in the clerk office in the Philippines. So that's our little team.
0: Excellent, so tell us about the types of clients that you serve. Uh, do you have a specific niece that you look after or you don't deal with anyone? Tell us a little bit more about the clients you deal with.
1: As our business has grown, we've got a little more specific about who we're taking on and now it is zero only, so we are turning clients away that want to bring a QuickBooks or a mob file into the business. It's like, I can't really help you anymore. We don't want to uh, learn other software. We all are zero qualified and zero trained. So it makes us the most efficient to be sticking with that. And our sort of ideal client is one that wants to use the Hubdoc and basically let us do everything. If they can get us their receipts, we can process, come back to them with questions do their BAS, do their tax, everything flows using that system. So we get a lot of uh, referrals um, from central Queensland where the business started and constantly more uh, tradies, contractors, people who work remotely seem to really embrace the cloud system and I guess if clients or their friends are happy and they talk about who their accountant is, my name comes up, and I just get another client. And sometimes I've never even met them, so it's just really flowing. It's going really well.
0: That's so I would say most of know.
1: our clients are wearing steel cap boots. That would sum <laughs> them up. They are on the tools or under a truck or driving a truck or fixing a truck. They're um, that's kind of our our clientele. You okay, know, if you excellent. Have to give a give a give a type to our clientele. Yeah. Oh, but-
0: so Jane, tell us about the story of setting up an offshore team. Obviously you work in a regional area and regional is is very much probably more about employing locally, but what were your motivations behind building an offshore team versus obviously the other priorities that you have within the firm?
1: Well, the story around how we got involved with the outsourced accountant is quite um, an interesting one and it started four years ago. When your salesman Cameron Foster gave me a cold call and we had a chat. And at the time the concept of outsourcing was so remote to me, I basically fobbed him off. And he, very good salesman at the time, said, I'll call you in a year. And I said, All right, that's fine. So he calls me a year later. And at the time I was more open and I'd heard about the concept. And he told me all about it and how it worked. And I just, at that point, was still not ready, but it was interesting. It was just parked in the back of my mind. And then he said again, can I call you in a year? And I said, yes, (laughs) call me in a year. So in the next year he rang, I had just landed a $40,000 client with no capacity. And so I just said, sign me up. I didn't even think about any other option. It was just that was my, my solution. And... Uh, two months later, we started um, with our outsourced accountant, who is called Mona, who's still with us. So, she she got the big client and we just jumped in boots and all and off we went.
0: Excellent. So, it's a funny story. Capacity caused a problem and persistency with sales. So, there's a few yes. lessons in that, I think, for everyone. Yeah. So, that's good. Uh, so.
1: I didn't do a lot of due diligence i didn't think it through hugely he just seemed to have the answer to my problem the solution and uh i did ask for a couple of references and i was given the names of jamie is it johns and annie Conza, both oh, of yeah. which i I left messages with and I thought these are busy, busy people, they'll never ring me back and they both rang me back. I was so touched that they had taken the time in their busy days to talk to me about Toa and their experiences and both left me so excited and positive about it that I just thought I'm going to do this so it just evolved from there. And um, yeah. we had the interview process and that was quite simple and, and our choice was, um a simple simple uh choice i I chose her off the resumes and then when i met them she just shone out to us and and then she accepted and it was all
0: happening excellent so that was the process which you you've probably answered that next question i had so i'm going to jump to another one so for someone looking to set up an offshore team what advice would you give them to help them move as quickly as possible? Now, obviously, um, it took you some years to get the information, get comfortable with it, and then to get to the point where you had a need for it. But if you were someone that isn't offshoring at the moment, what would be the three most critical things that you would spend your time doing um, to help them, obviously, implement this quicker?
1: Well, I guess our next step is... Um, I'm coming over for the Christmas party in December and I'm going to be interviewing our next person. So now I've had six months to kind of plan around that, what they're going to be doing and um, getting a lot more planning in place. Where Initially we had no planning, we just jumped and ran. So... um, As far as the critical things, I think it's just breaking down procedures of what you do and who could do that and how would they do it. Um, So our procedures with Mona have evolved and it has taken a year. Uh, I was told it would be all bedded down within three months and that was never going to happen. So we were so disorganised that it needed that whole year's work to kind of Evolve the procedures until we now, second time around, we are so much better organised. So it forced us to look at everything because she was there, ready to work every moment. So it was like, okay, we've got to get this, got, got, got to get her busy and 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 understanding what to do. So long, long phone chats, lots of lots of Skype calls,
0: and yeah, yeah, so, and that's something. Yeah, a lot of our. Um, A lot of people that have not got an offshore team yet, one of the biggest things that stops them in a lot of cases, or what they tell us is stopping them from doing it, is getting prepared for it. Now, a lot of our clients like you have just jumped in and and worked it out along the way and and it's probably worked off better in the long term. It's just taken that time. What would your advice be to someone that um, is worried about not having everything 100% perfect and ready for the team member? Would you say get it all done first and then knowing that they would get stuck and busy and, and it would probably go to the last bowl? Would you say just do it and, and you'll learn as you go?
1: Yes, just the Nike slogan, just do it and just start and be committed and have them there ready because no one's going to leave someone who's a qualified accountant idle. So you're going to just take advantage of her ready or him ready and just get cracking, I think, uh, people don't take a lot of steps in life because they're thinking I'm not ready or this is in place or that is in place. I, I'm, I'm a boots and all person. I just jump in and figure out how to swim as we go. So I was really on the tools before Mona came along and that is now stopped completely. So my whole daily life now, I guess, is different because I'm reviewing and looking at the business now rather than being a hands-on accountant anymore, which has been so good for me. But everyone is in a different stage in their business. So obviously a bigger firm is going to have a lot more procedures already bedded down. So they would be more prepared, I guess. But at the end of the day, someone has to take this person, this outsourced accountant, under their wing and coach them and be there for them.
0: Yeah, and that's a I mean that's a big win, to Have you not be on the tools like you were is in the hmm. in um, I mean relatively short amount of time in the scheme of I suppose your your life or your business. It's that's a hmm. big big pat on the back to you. Um, it's a well, big I was, outcome.
1: I was dr- losing myself. I was drowning in work, so I I'm still Busy, of course, full on busy, yep. but it's more it's more delegating, training all the time now. So it's just the whole business has turned, you know, 180 degrees. So we're growing and this was part of the growing process
0: And yep.
1: and it can only get better.
0: Yes. Which is great. So if you had a word or a phrase to describe the value that your new offshore team provides, what would it be?
1: Well, I have two words, capacity and efficiency. So we've had some really unusual experiences where I've been interviewing a client, they're sitting opposite me, I've got my screen up and I'm talking to Mona in the background, they don't know I am, and we're having all their documents scanned straight to her. She's filing everything electronically, she's building a work paper as I'm filling in the tax return and the whole thing is finished as the client walks out, and they don't even know that two people were sitting there doing the job with me. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, well, I, just, I absolutely love it. So we have, um, yeah, we have down, that down pat. Really, that's that's just one side of things that we do. But um, Mona is exceptional at turning a short, small job around. You know, it's 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 really sweet, shall I say? <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. It's
0: That's like, great. It's like, bang, it's done. It's
1: like, whoa, that was so good. So, That's yeah. what
0: you want it to be. <laughs> yeah. So, can. if we look at the perceptions of offshoring, and obviously you're in regional Queensland, we're very patriotic, um, mm. what are the main things that you've heard about, obviously, the perceptions of offshoring, and what surprised you the most, given now that you've been doing it and the results that you're getting from it?
1: Well, I have a friend in town, there's probably 12 accountants in this town and there's only one other lady that's a owner of an accounting firm and we are friends and we catch up and have a meal maybe every quarter and just talk shop and she was really shocked that I was not hiring locally and um, she has over 20 staff and and she thought I should be hiring locally and she just couldn't get her head around what I was doing. But I don't believe I can grow as quickly without it. So um, we are hiring a uh, undergrad in January. She's starting her degree. She'll come work here a couple of days and go to uni a couple of days. And I just don't feel I could have that capacity to take more local on unless I have my back end, my qualified accountants there in the background doing the majority of the work. So. I feel it's it's part of the growth process.
0: Yep. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So yeah. the year ahead, what is your plan for your offshore team? How do you plan to keep growing the team, their capability and ultimately their performance?
1: Well, I said before I'm going to Toa and get to see that side of the, the business, if you like, and um, we're going to interview a bookkeeper and hopefully have the role bookkeeper and admin and procedurise even more of what we're doing. And so that will have two offshore people and I think that will be a feather in the cap for Mona to have a little, not little, that's that's the wrong word, a um, person that she would be senior to. I think that would be a good career move for her to train this person beside her as well and um, we're going to have our undergrad starting in the office here. So yes, it's it's all happening.
0: Excellent. I think, so, um,
1: does that answer your question?
0: Yeah, no, it definitely does. So mm-hmm. recommendations for the listeners. What are some of the top things that you'd recommend they do in managing an offshore team? Uh,
1: continue procedurising, documenting uh, what what is involved in the job so that someone can pick it up next year and, and understand. That's a totally ongoing process. Uh, Keep talking to your offshore team, uh, keep the communications channels open. Um, We had our Mona come and stay uh, with us in our town for four days and then we spent three days at Brisbane for the Xericon. And that was just a brilliant team building exercise. Everybody um, was together for the first time we all met each other and um, it was it was a really wonderful week and it's made our um, communications with everybody much better and you know there's a there's just a better atmosphere between everybody more sort of banter between everyone because we know what we're all like and yeah it's been great
0: yeah and I think okay. that personal relationship's key, and I think a lot of clients when they're when, when they're starting this journey, they really just treat it as well send some work to someone overseas and send it back. but the part they really need to get, which I think you've just alluded to there is it's about relationships it's a, it's a oh. people they're another person in your business that just sit in yes. another office now that happens to be in another country. Um, yes. And I think when people get the relationships and they break those barriers down and you build that relationship, it makes it so much easier to work together. Um, yeah. It's like it's like in Australia or America. If you're from America and you're listening, it's if you were to have another office and you never went and built the relationships with those team members, then you'd get the same yes. results you'd get from having it offshore. Yes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about. Um, KPIs and metrics. So what do you what KPIs do you use to measure the success of your offshore team? How do you know that Mona's working?
1: <laughs> How do you know that it's
0: being effective?
1: <laughs> Our business did grow with her coming on board as long uh, along with a whole lot of other stuff that was happening. Our business grew 37% in sales in one year. So that was pretty phenomenal and she was part of all that growth and you pointed out measuring the offshore team versus the let's call it the australian team and i had never considered doing that but i think if i've two members over there that would definitely be a reason to actually track the two the two businesses with the sales or the the invoices based on you know, what they're doing versus what's happening here and just look at that profitability model. So it's something I would definitely take on board, but not being done yet.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a funny one because every firm does it differently. Some track their productivity, um, but yes. it's really around what's a successful day. Um, but, you know, if you're not measuring we, it, but you're seeing positive results overall, I mean, you mentioned yes. it earlier, sales are up, your time's now spent doing better things. I mean, there are some yes. great things that, well, there's some great success coming out of it. It's probably just no hard metrics around that at the moment.
1: Yeah, we started in July measuring chargeable hours over total hours and productivity. Um, I knew I had to be doing it for the prior 12 months, but we never got our timesheets down properly. We didn't. We had to put a whole lot of things in place that we weren't doing very well, and it just took a year to get some new rhythms happening. And and now we've now we're able to look at it. So. Yes, having the business grow has just forced a whole lot of um, change, and and, um, and you know it's all been positive. It's it's all a good thing. It's just it's just forced the issue. So the outsourcing has just been a part of that process. Yeah,
0: excellent, excellent. So how has offshoring benefited your clients?
1: Well, I was thinking about this as well, and that the job turnarounds are quicker. The quality of the work papers are better. They're not done on the fly now. They're done by a perfectionist, so they're beautiful. And um, we get all that benefit now in a year later. We're looking at the same jobs we did last year, and she's just diving in. the are knocked out so quickly because she's understanding exactly what to do, and she um, drafts emails for information that she requires, and they, they'll go to me because I'm a bit of a control freak, so I have to read everything, and she's got even the way I write now down pat, so she's I just turn the email around and off it goes, so it's, um, yeah, it's really good. So, yeah,
0: that's it's great. not always we'll- good,
1: but we're, we're getting, no. it's always getting better, so. Yes, I talk to Mona every day and she is, you know, working alongside me. So it's not how it might be in another firm, but it's like she's my personal accountant assistant. So it's how, how we are working together.
0: Yeah. So that ties into the next question. So, how has offshoring um, contributed to giving you more time personally? Has it given you more um, balance in life? Or, I mean, before you mentioned it's changed the the types of work that you're doing at work, but Mm. how's it helped you personally? I
1: definitely say that offshoring does not give me work life balance. I can only give that to myself. And I'm forever juggling that concept. And I think offshoring has given me peace of mind, knowing that we have future capacity. So if we do get another big client walk in the door, I'm like, no problem. I know how to deal with that. So it's not something I need to be fearful of. It's it gives me confidence to go forward and grow the business. Um, I'm just I've I've thought that offshoring has given me breathing space so that I can get off the tools and stop being an accountant and being a business manager and working on the business. So it's been all that.
0: Some great outcomes there. So next question, how has offshoring affected your average hourly rate, if you measure it, or overall profitability to the firm?
1: I looked at that this morning and the profitability is not great because what's happened is that we have turned the greater sales back into the business, so we've took the whole team away to XeroCon, We've got now flights to the Philippines. We're spending more in the business, but at least the cash is there now to do that. So we are. I'm confident that it's it's only going to be getting better. But I guess we've enjoyed the growth and 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 rewarded ourselves with with more uh, trips and bells and whistles, I guess. And I'm a bit of a software junkie, so we're always trying new things and that's probably where a lot of our cash
0: goes so yes yeah. yeah, so yeah. great outcome to be able to invest back into the business that's so right. the ability to be able to do that's great yeah so I'm going to ask you some questions a uh, bit, bit off the offshoring now but what one bit of advice would you give your younger self from a business point of view
1: I would give my younger self the, the instruction of being brave and That you know more than you think you do. I know that I started my entrepreneurial world late in life and that was pure fear that I couldn't do it but now that I have I know that I'm a much better accountant as a self-employed one because the buck stops with me and there's just you know you just have to be 100% before you send something out and so you you explore everything, you check everything, and it makes you a much better accountant. So yes, I should have done that many years ago, but I didn't. So that's my advice to my younger self.
0: Excellent. Now, one bit of advice uh, that you would give yourself from a personal point of view, outside of work.
1: Don't rush home from those exotic holidays.
0: <laughs>
1: if you got yourself overseas. <laughs> don't rush back home again. Yes.
0: That's great advice.
1: I, I travelled a lot as a younger person, and I was. You know, there's so many things I always thought, oh, you know, you've got the rest of your life to come back here and check it out. You just don't. You don't go back there. So don't come home till you've seen everything.
0: (laughs) Great advice. All righty. So what is the biggest myth or objection you've heard about having an offshore team and is it true?
1: Well, we've put Mona, we made the decision to put uh, Mona uh, as an outsourced accountant. So she's not truly a staff member, but she's our staff member even though she's like a contractor we've put her on our website we're happy to explain that's what we're doing uh people are surprised people um question me but um i haven't had any outright you know anybody saying i'm doing the wrong thing they're just surprised at what i'm doing (laughs) excellent that's good I've, I've, I've contemplated it and looked at it at every angle and I've decided, well, this is what we're doing. We're, we're, we're not um, afraid to tell anyone that's what we're doing and, and we'll cop any criticism. If, if it comes, we'll, we'll give our side of the story and it's not, it's not something to, it's not a reason
0: not to do it couldn't agree more. So for someone looking to grow their business or their team, what's the best piece of advice that you've heard um, and implemented that you could pass on to the people listening today?
1: I've just been reading a book called Chapter One, which is the founder of the Thank You brand. Not sure if you've heard about it.
0: No, I haven't.
1: so it's a book written sort of instead of looking back on his life, he's he's writing it at the beginning of his business life. So he he says, says that's chapter one because there's more chapters coming. But he talks in one chapter about momentum being a powerful force in a business. And I do feel right now we've got momentum. So we've set a whole lot of goals and we're kicking some goals and and it's like the universe is assisting you now. People pop up opportunities pop up it it all seems to support what you're doing so um i would say keep your mind open to all opportunities set your goals and and just push through just keep going that's my advice
0: great advice Mm. so we're going to finish off the podcast today with a quick five in five so what cloud software do you primarily use in your business
1: we use Zero and XPM. We use Practice Ignition now, Infinity, and Hubdoc.
0: Excellent. What's yeah? That's great. They're all look. I love all of those, to be honest. Yeah. So, what's your favorite app?
1: Out of those, I'd be Practice Ignition because I use that the most. Um, we yes, I do like it. It's,
0: Excellent. That would be my favorite. What is your must-read each week?
1: Well the anal accountant that i am i read the ntaa tax advisor's voice (laughs) at least once a week
0: excellent (laughs) your favorite social media channel facebook excellent and your favorite kpi do you have one
1: my favorite one is sales actual to budget might not be the best one but it's my favorite
0: Love it. And if any of our listeners wanted to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to be able to reach out? Is it Facebook? Is it um, your website? What's the best way for them to reach out to you?
1: Email's great. Facebook uh, either and website has a contact page there. I have sent those links.
0: Yep, we'll put all those in the show notes for everyone to be able to have a look at. So, Jane, thank you so much for your time today. There's so much value that's come out of um, what you've contributed today. So, I appreciate your time on today's podcast. Thank you. To follow our podcast and get insights from leading accountants, simply visit theoutsourcedaccountant.com or visit iTunes or SourCloud and head to the Offshore Accountant Podcast. To connect with me personally, just look for my Twitter handle at NickQSinclair or find me on LinkedIn at Nick Sinclair. Thanks and have a great day.